I see you, yeah you, flipping through all the podcasts, looking for something different. Tired of those with all the catchy phrases, or one-size-fits-all quick-fix schemes that never seem to fit. My name is Anthony Hart, and if you are like me, you want more than a moment. We are looking for a movement of groundbreakers and world changers who are tired of the status quo, willing to throw it all up to see what sticks, willing to ask a question before pointing a finger. This is your invitation into a collection of thoughtful ponderings posed to make you think, one-on-one conversations that challenge you with fresh perspective, and roundtable discussions where sparks fly as iron sharpens iron. Intrigued? Pull up a seat. We've been waiting for you. But don't get comfortable. You might be up next. In the Red is now in session. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of In the Red podcast with me, Anthony Hart. And you, you're here. You're part of this process. You're part of this journey. You're part of this conversation. Uh, I do have to get the business stuff out first. Please, if you're sharing uh, this moment with us, I encourage you to like the podcast, download so you can listen to later, even share with a friend. And also, please do me a favor and leave a review. That's how we can begin to gain some momentum and some steam with this, but also get this out to a larger audience. And if you think this is uh, some fruitful conversation, then I encourage you to be a part uh, of that, of how we share that. Over the last couple of weeks, we have had a series of unfortunate events or probably better yet mistakes by me. I've told you that I I will be owning up to my mistakes along the way. We had a great interview last week with my boy, Jay Stallings, and I messed up and didn't record it the right way. So we lost 58 minutes of just priceless content, but that's okay. We were supposed to do that this week and do a series of unfortunate scheduling by me, also your host. Um, We are now going to move that out. So my wife has told me to quit making promises and just do it. So I'm here today and we're going to talk about uh, something that's been on the forefront of, I think, conversations I've been having, uh, even something in the news that I'd glossed over and didn't really think of or put any value to at the moment. Have you ever done that? You just flip through. For me, this is going to sound really horrible. I get my news through Facebook and here's why. So you can go to a news app, CNN, Fox News, whichever one you get it from, and you're going to get all the news through their lens, their filter, their perspective. And you know me, I'm I'm big on perspective, inviting in more than just one. Well, although there's a lot of things wrong with Facebook, what I like about Facebook is it brings all of these different news sites in and deposits different news articles based on whatever you're you were watching or looking at or listening to. So I'm able to process up-to-date news through CNN, Fox News, whoever, there are no rhyme or reason on which um, particular one they're delivering to you. So there is some updates on those, but also because of what I look at, it updates kind of what your news is. So if you know me, I'm a big sports guy. I got to watch my Grizzlies pull it together at the end last night. And if you don't know who Ja Moran is and you're a basketball fan, you need to check this dude out. He is a high-flying, crazy dunker. He's electric to watch. Uh, And he pulled us together at the last minute last night with a a last-second shot to put us into – 
a three or two one lead, or excuse me, three two lead in the series going forward. So that was pretty awesome. Um, but I, because I love sports, it will update my sports news on there, and I'll get it for all of my teams. I'll see Cardinals, Razorbacks, all the things. Uh, I'm also I, I enjoy movies, and me and my son enjoy all the superhero movies. I was I got to read a bunch of comics when I was a kid, so I love the Spider Mans and the Batman. So it will update me on superhero movies and things like that. It also there are certain um, websites that updates with Christian news on uh, different goings on in the Christian world. So I am very eclectic in my news. Don't judge me on any of those. Thank you and please. Um, but Facebook does a good job of compiling all these. So I was able to grab this one the other day, and I'll, I'll tell you about it in a minute. But it's going to come to this thought process, and this is where I've been. And I had an amazing conversation on Clubhouse last night in a room that Megan DiMartino hosts and shares with the space with me now on a Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. And the, although the conversation didn't start here, this is where it ended. So I want to talk to you today about the consistency of our character. Character is this. Here's how we define it. And I think these are limited, but it is a combination of all of these together. So character is defined this way. First one is an attribute or feature that distinguishes an event, an individual. So if you know somebody's character, this can be very limiting and this can be very surface even when you think about this an attribute or feature that distinguishes an individual the second one is a complex of mental and ethical traits marking and often individualizing a person group or nation so i i want to talk to this really quickly because i think so many times uh we talk about character and we rightly so put it more to this ethical because another definition is moral excellence and firmness. So if we think about that from a character perspective, when we say character, we generally put that towards an ethical attribute of a person, which is, is good place to be. And it should be kind of the, the push in our life to have a good character and be recognized as so. But I've never, until recently, until looking up this definition, saw the mental, the complex of the mental and the ethical, and realized that that's kind of the place of our character is, yes, we have moral standards in that, but it can be affected unknowingly and knowingly sometimes by our moral, or excuse me, our mental traits as well. So if you think about mental right now, I was just listening to the news today, and there's a lot of talk uh, about a basketball player that plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. And I'm not calling any names, but if you know what I'm talking about, he's had struggles with mental. Um, he, he's he said that he's struggling with mental capacity and mental. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just had struggles mentally and. Today's athletes deal with something different. And I know somebody on here is like, oh, they get paid millions of dollars to play a sport. But they're no different than you and me. If you get on social media and you begin to look at all the things that 
people say about you. And maybe they don't say anything about you. And that's good. That just means not a lot of people maybe know you or know anything about you or just care about talking about you. But when you rise to this place of superstardom, if you will, there are going to be people who talk about you. And social media for these young athletes right now is just rampant with just the negativity because no one's going to say nothing nice about you. That's just not how it works. Um, and if they do, that's generally not what we're going to recognize compared to the negative noise. Noise is attracting. I don't know why it is. If you think about a mosquito and they have those little buzzer, the little electric things that attract them to it. Zzz, yeah, that's eventually their death. The closer they get to it, eventually they're going to get shocked and killed. And I think it's the same way uh, there was a recent discussion about these athletes, how when they're traveling from place to place on these planes, whatever it is, if they look around, most of these athletes have their headphones on and are so enthralled in their isolation. Like they're listening to their things and there's no conversations or relationship anymore. Where in the old days, like you'd saw uh, Michael Jordan and the, and the Bulls back in the day, there's a lot of uh, video of them in the locker room and they're playing poker and things like that. But there was relationship and conversation that was occurring in the locker room. Now there's this isolation piece and we're seeing people that are struggling mentally because there's no connection. Okay. So I want to think about this character with, the piece of it being moral firmness and, and excellence, the desire to be that, but also realizing that it can be affected by our mental space as well. Because I think this is what I want to talk to you about today, the consistency of our character. This is the problem I think a lot of people have is, yes, we strive to be good. And most of us, some people have just, if you would ask what their attribute that most people know them by are. It's just bad character. They've become okay with just being a bad person. And this could stem from a lot of things. It could be the fact that they've had bad leaders before them. And that's just what they've learned from. I've even found that it could be that they had um, good or bad leaders and they didn't like something, something happened between the two of them. And now they just want to be different than the person before them. Maybe they didn't have a good relationship with that. So now just to be different, they've the bad character piece of them or the missing character piece of them stems from them not knowing who they are, just being everything they can to not be that other person. And this can be right back to that mental space. Some things occur along the way that affect our capacity, our character. So I can as we talk about this character today, I want us to think about it from this perspective. Are we really striving to have better character? And in that space, are we allowing interactions? Are we allowing things that affect us to deplete our character unknowingly? So the conversation stems from this. I had someone ask the question yesterday about how do we give spiritual guidance or how do we seek to um, be spiritually prepared for things that occur that may need us to take legal advice or legal actions. So we live in a world today where everyone can get very sue happy. Uh, if you have you never seen these stories, I'm blown away by the stories of like a McDonald's where someone was handed a, a 
cup of coffee, which they ordered hot coffee. And in that moment, someone handed them this cup of coffee and they spilled it. Now this, yes, the lid wasn't on there. So let's hold people accountable for maybe the thing that they did. So the lid wasn't on tight. So then they sued McDonald's for all this absorbent amount of money because the cup didn't say hot. When I have never ordered coffee where I hadn't been, if I wanted it cold, I didn't have to say iced coffee. Coffee is coffee. Coffee is hot. And I can assure you when they pulled up into that McDonald's that morning, they did not order a lukewarm coffee. But here, because a lawyer found a loophole, a lawyer found a way to get money now we're holding them accountable for something that we didn't expect anyways. I even saw one. I don't know why McDonald's is the the forefront for things like this, but there was another one where a, a boyfriend and a girlfriend got in an argument. The girlfriend, I believe, threw a milkshake at her boyfriend. And in the fray, she ended up slipping on the milkshake that she threw and went all over the place and then sued McDonald's for having milkshake on the floor, which she put there. And she won this battle. So this is my struggles in the world today is these legal things. We have just lawyers and not all lawyers are like this, but I trust and I question because of a few, I question the the character of the whole, because coming back to that statement of character, complex of mental and ethical traits, marking and often individualizing a person, group, or nation. So here's the problem is one individual's character flaws can lead to, because of where they're at, can lead to a definitive statement about the character of a group. I can assure you the moment I tell somebody that I'm a pastor, my character takes a hit. And it may not be anything that I've done, and most times it's not. I'm, I consider myself to have a pretty good character, and it's something I strive to have. But because of the stories they've heard, because of the things they've witnessed, or even that's been done to them by somebody with that title, then now all of us take that hit. So I don't want to put this on all lawyers today, but I can assure you this is a group that has failed in this regard. And in the same way, pastors as a group have failed in this regard because we've done things, and I say we, not me, but we, because I'm a part of this group, have done things that have not held to the character, I think, of the position we have and the authority and the power that comes with it. And it's the same way with the lawyer. You have authority and a power that comes with this to maintain the laws in this country and to fight for them. But when our spend all of our time looking for loopholes and trying to get around something just so we can be financially um, enhanced, that's a problem. I, I think that's the problem as we look at character. So I want to look at this character piece today because I think there is power in the consistency of character. So in this conversation we had about the legal affecting our spiritual or vice versa, it was how do we prepare somebody who may have to take legal actions? And it came back to this, this comment about character that I think we, especially as Christians, I think we have to work harder at this because of the group as a whole has taken hit because bad character moments. And character should be something that we are defined by as a Christian. There's scripture on it. Romans 5, 3, and 4 says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. And 
yeah, we'll amplify that as Christian, right? Oh, look at my sufferings. But that's not the purpose of it. We glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. So our character is refined and built over time in a journey. It is something that if we have good character, I can assure you we've made bad mistakes along the way to put us in a place to understand we need to be better in those moments. And I hope that's the journey all of us are taking is we realize we need to be better every day. I messed up yesterday and own those mistakes. And that should build this consistency of character. So when you get in situations like a legal struggle, someone's calling you out, someone defames your name or whatever it is, that there is such a statement about who you are that this stands in indifferent. I can assure you that there's been things that I've been a part of and I've had people leave those conversations or uh, say things about me outside of a conversation with me, begin to talk about me. And one of the things I've learned is, you know what? I'm not going to pursue those conversations. I'm not going to go out and say something in regard about that person because at the end of the day, the strength of my character is being who I am. And it doesn't mean I'm always right. So I have to own up to those mistakes. But it also means that I've created relationships with people and I've established a certain line in the sand of my character that I would hope that if someone hears a story about me, they're not going to come back to me and attack me with what they've heard. I would hope that they would come back and we would have a conversation about how that's different than what they've experienced with me. If, I, if I've not established that baseline with them, then that means we really don't have a relationship. And I can assure you, if somebody comes to, uh, to me and it says, well, I've heard this about you and just assumes right off the bat that's right, their relationship with the other person is probably stronger than the relationship they have with me. And that's that resituates the conversation to say, do you even know me? And if at the end of the day, if I have that relationship with that person and I have messed up, I can assure you that person will have the ability to speak into me. As I've already talked about my buddy, Jay Stallings, I talk to him often about things and there's been times he's held me accountable in some things that maybe I thought I did right, or I just didn't do to the best of my ability. And he said, bro, you're better than that. I know who you are and this is beneath you or you missed it here. That's that building of the character and having the people around you that know you and want to hold you accountable in those spaces. So it builds a consistency of character. Consistent is the word that's been kind of in me this year that God wanted me to be more consistent. Everybody does this. You have a word for the year, whether you're a Christian or not. And it's something that you strive for, for the next 12 months, you commit to say, you know what, this is something, whatever it may be. For me, this year has been consistent. And now connecting it with this character, it's building in you a consistency for people to take notice and for you to strive to be better every day. Now, the problem we have when you get into legal struggles or when people are out talking about you, little by little, these moments mentally and emotionally can deplete you. And you get to a space where you begin to fight back. And uh, many op many times, especially in legal, and I talked about the, the lawyers again, there are some that have gotten so good about doing this underhandedly that you almost have to fight them with their own weapons to win or at least try to survive in these battles. Uh, 
And it's this place where you can begin to lose your character knowingly or unknowingly by standing up for yourself or trying to defend against somebody's attack against you. And I've heard this said, and it's, it's something that stuck with me. Don't ever get down and roll in the mud with someone who lives there because they're going to beat you with experience every time. Or at least you're going to walk away wounded and depleted to a place where you've sacrificed some of your character to just get out alive. Sometimes the consistency in your character is just you maintaining who you are, even though people are attacking you in that space, trying to deplete you. Because um, as Christians, I, I believe there is this enemy out there who wants to tear me down and, and want to put me on a level with him especially as a pastor. He wants to, everything that I say, he wants to be held in question. So if he can deplete my character, when I stand up in front of people uh, and begin to talk about things, my character, if it's been uh, torn down, if it's been questioned, then everything is in question. I think this is what's happening in the church today as we see so many of these pastors fail in their character, fail in their moral uh, excellence or their desire to be moral ex morally excellent, it's questioned everything. It, we've thrown the ba the baby out with the bathwater. Well, they said Jesus loves me and died for my sins, but then they also said that they love their wife and they want to live the rest of their life with them. So the moment they cheated on their spouse, now everything's out. I, I can't believe a word they said. And I think this is the problem that we have with the cancel culture today is we are all capable of mistakes, period. I've been very open about some of the things I did in early childhood and in the place I was raised in because the character of that group was this and it was limited. And as I grew and desired to be morally better, then I released some of those broken things that had been assigned to me as a characteristic of who I was. And I think across the board, that's what we have to understand is, yes, our character has to be a striving for moral excellency. And then once we have that, maintaining a consistency that is independent of what's being done to us or what's being offered to us. Because we could also be offered a quick, uh, a quick fix or a quick rich, get rich scheme that could threaten our character. It, it comes to a place in life where you begin to evaluate everything you walk into, good, bad, or indifferent, against this moral character. And you say, you know what? Yes, I could do that, but how is that going to deplete my character? What am I going to pay? Because I will tell you this, there is nothing in this world that is free. You may not have to pay financially, but you may have to pay morally. You may have to pay with your character. And it's in those places you have to evaluate the cost across the board. And there has to be some things in your life that you're not willing to pay. I today am not willing to pay $100,000 for a car. My wife see these, sees these new Grand Wagoneers and she's just like, wow, I love these things. I need one. And I said, no, uh, I don't think that we'll ever have a car that costs that much money. There is zero need. We can make do with our Ford Flex. It has plenty of room for our family, and it is substantially cheaper than the price tag of that. I can tell you that in my life, there's I've gotten to a place that when it comes to a cost of my character, 
there is zero desire for me to walk in that. And I think that is a connection to who Jesus was. Look at who Jesus was and how he did life. There was never a cost of his character for the life that he led. Now, look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And I know we're getting super spiritual and biblical here. And if this is not what brought you into this conversation, just stick by real quick. But this is who Jesus was. He was very consistent in everything he did. Now, he did speak to people different because his character should have aligned with the people in the church a lot better. But because it didn't, he held them accountable for their lack of character. But when he approached broken, hurt, lost people, he realized that their character was not on the plane that his was. So his character didn't decrease to their level, but it always invited them up to his level. But it was through relationship and conversation, not attack, not um, destruction and depletion and and social media references to how broken you are. You're a jacked up mess and you've done this, you know, and every better. That's not what Jesus did. Like that wasn't who he was, but he never sacrificed what he knew to be true. And he never sacrificed the character that he had to sit down in conversation with them. The Pharisees and Sadducees always tried to tear him down in this place. Look at who he's setting with. So they begin to judge him on a curve by who he was with. But because his character was so consistent, just because he sat with them, talked with them, it did not deplete who he was. And if they were to come and sit in those moments instead of judge from afar because they were too good to be in that space, they would have saw the connection and the relation that was occurring that was inviting those people to be in that space. In other words, he was giving them some of his street cred. He was giving them a currency that they didn't have to come to the table. If you think about it, and this is going to be a really weird understanding, a really weird visual, but it was at a poker table and Jesus had all the chips he needed and he was inviting these people and giving them house money to be involved in the conversation they were not worthy to have. Now, this brings the church really into a light because we're not good at this. We put ourselves on a moral pinnacle, like pedestal, and you have to be this good to come talk to us, or it completely determines what kind of conversation we're going to have with you. And you come in, you got to, if you come to church and you, we need you to get saved and we need you to dress up and, and do some things if you're going to get on this level with me. How crazy is this perspective compared to what Jesus did when he just went and hung out with people where they were? Now, I want to give you this because you have to understand this too. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, here's where this has to occur. Jesus was so consistent in who he was that even though he was in the presence of bad company, it did not change him. This is our problem. We cannot be even convinced of who we are or be so firm in our character and our desire for it to be better and to be for it to be on the level of who Jesus was that when we get in that space of bad company, we can sacrifice who we are to meet them on their plane. Now, it doesn't mean that we come at them with this looking down on them. Jesus got on their level every time, and it didn't affect who he was. 
it's like you as an adult with kids. If you ever really want to talk to a child and for them to respect your conversation in that moment, I've seen people and I've seen teachers that do this amazing. And it is when they begin to talk to somebody, my buddy, Gary Anders, he is awesome at this and it's kids to adults. He always gets eye to eye to you when he talks with you. If he's talking to a kid, I've seen him get down on his knees and talk to his children as well as other kids. And he'll have an eye to eye conversation with them. If it's with somebody who's shorter than him, uh, he'll like do the stretching thing. He He's a stretcher. He's a very active um, person, but he'll do this thing where he kind of spreads his legs out a little bit and he'll, before you know it, and I didn't even realize it until uh, just being around him very often, I, I saw him begin to do this with other people. And what he does is he gets on the, your, your level and he begins to have a conversation with you where you're at. It doesn't change how tall he is, but in that moment, he's getting to that space. That's where character has. We have to be this tall. I'm I'm six foot, depending on which convenience store I'm leaving, but that's where I'm at. I'm six foot. And if you think on character, I should have six foot of character. Everything that I am should be six foot. And if I get down and eye to eye with you and you're only at five foot, and I can look out of eye to you, the moment I stand up, it doesn't change my character. Even in that space of crouching down, I have six foot of character. It's just moved in different places. And I think that's where this consistency comes. So I'm, I'm going to come to this news article I read and going back to this cancel culture, I'm so tired of it that every time somebody's done something 15, 20 years ago, it's just who they are. So let's just cancel people. Well, if you don't know, Chris Pratt is a Christian, and we are now in this space where he's done some amazing movies, especially for my genre of the superhero or the Jurassic World and all of these. I, I enjoy him. I even enjoyed him in Parks and Recreation, just the character he played. I, I'm an office fiend. If you haven't watched The Office, don't, uh, don't sell it short. That humor is amazing to me in Parks and Recreation. Really carry that over as well. So that's where I met Chris Pratt and through the years understood that him being a Christian. So he was a part of a, a Christian church in California and Christianity, not all of us, but Christianity for the most part, if you look at the Bible, it is, uh, has a very strong opinion on LGBTQ plus. Now, Chris Pratt has never come out and said, I hate all People who believe in LGBT, hate you all. You're going to hell. Now, there have been Christians that that's the, that's the attack. I mean, that's the way they speak it. It's just there's a corner preacher that tells you, if you do this, you're going to hell. Chris Pratt's never been that way. He's just a practicing Christian that goes to this church that has um, a core belief that believes in a man and a woman being together. Uh, that believes in the the power of marriage and the power of a family in relation to the way God created us. And because he is a part of this church, now people have come out and said he is a bigot and he hates everybody because they really don't know him. They haven't never sat down and had a conversation with him. And because one person said it, because I don't know why, because they just... They want everybody to be as miserable of them, perhaps, and just always want to be negative and talk down to people. 
Um, they've made this statement and now it's just got all this weight. Well, this week, Guardians of the Galaxy's director, James Gunn, which I don't know if he's a Christian at all. He came out on Twitter. It was somebody who'd made an attack on Chris Pratt. They'd said, you need to let him go and put somebody else in this uh, role of Guardians of the Galaxy as Star-Lord and just uh, leave him behind because he is tearing down this whole franchise or whatever. Well, James Gunn, the director, who, like I said, I don't know is a Christian, came out and said this. You are effectively an idiot, he said, because you don't know Chris Pratt. And the only thing you do is furthering what you've been told and you have zero idea about his actual character. And he said, if I can assure you, if Chris Pratt is let go, then all of us are going with him. Now, this speaks volumes about Chris Pratt's consistency of character, that he can be a part of this organization, that he is a Christian, a practicing Christian, but there are people in his life who may think differently than him that still can be in his presence and still speak to his moral astuteness, that he is a good person. And I think this is the place where we have to, as the church, to strive to be better. Because we we sacrifice even some of one of the fruit of the Spirit, and you're going to hear about as you hear my continued sermon series, but gentleness. One of the things that we gloss over so many times because so many people want to yell and scream at sinners. And that's just become the mindset of we are much like my Grizzlies last night. We are in the last seconds of this world and everybody's got to be saved and I've got to do my part. And if I don't scream the loudest, if I don't yell at the loudest and tell you, if you don't do this, you're going to hell, then it's going to be on me that all these people messed up and they didn't go to heaven with me. How limited is that broken understanding? Because Jesus told the disciples, if you go back to the gospels, that they were in the last days. And I never saw the disciples minister in that way of just yelling and screaming. I never saw Jesus yelling and screaming at sinners in, in that way. But Peter makes this statement in 1 Peter 3 and 15. He said, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. In other words, this is spreading the gospel. If you have a belief in you and you believe that Jesus Christ died for you, for your sins, that's the hope that you have in you. Because Jesus Christ is holy. He did what he said he was going to do. And because of that, we now have access to him releasing us from our sinful nature. That's the belief. That's the hope that we have. So always be prepared to make a defense for that hope. So now thinking from the broken legal mindset we have, defense means I have to argue with you, right? But listen to how he says we're supposed to share this defense. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. See, we don't have to argue and war against the cancel culture. We don't have to argue and war against people who are, are saying things about us that aren't true. 
that are maybe not that maybe limited perspective on what actually occurred. We don't have to argue and fight those battles. We just need to strive day in and day out to have a good character, have a moral excellency about us that we strive to be better every day. And even a part of that is when we fall short of that, owning our mistakes, not making excuses, not allowing our mental capacity or emotions to dictate to us that, you know what, maybe I was right in what I did. No, knowing that according to what the word says and to what we know to be true, that we were wrong. And being able to say, you know what? I missed it. I messed up. I fell short of the mark. Because sometimes it's those moments that do more to, for our character or people's perspective of, our, perspective of our character than the things that we say that are right all the time. It's our actions. It's the way we carry ourselves that builds up this moment that we cannot be slandered because the consistency of our character. So I would challenge you today. I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to say, man, have I done this? Maybe I've come across as wrong. Maybe I've done some things or said some things that could have been handled a lot better. Or maybe I'm now being attacked in areas that I don't need to be attacked in, that I'm, I'm good. Don't let those negative things tear you down. Don't let what somebody else is doing to you, if they begin to drag you in the mud, don't let that deplete your character and pull you to a place where you feel like you have to respond to that way because somebody's watching you. And it's the moment that you're defamed. It's the moment that someone attacks you in that way and you stand there and you don't respond. That speaks volumes about who you are. We're just weeks removed from a moment where a joke resulted in a very public attack slap. And you, depending on your perspective, can see that in a multitude of ways. You could say that there was a man standing up for his wife. Well, I would challenge that there was also some questions in their marriage already where neither one stood up for their marriage the way it should have been stood up. There was zero respect in their marriage about a husband and a wife because they had allowed uh, promiscuity to come in and be a part of that. So there was already a culture of disrespect uh, for each other and for their marriage. So a joke didn't lead to that, but that's a different story. What I saw was a man who was publicly attacked that could have done a lot of things in that moment, could have responded emotionally, could have responded physically, had a microphone, could so could have said anything he wanted, but chose not to. Now, you can have your own your own statements about Chris Rock's character. But what that showed me was even in a moment of being publicly attacked, I still have the ability to maintain my character. I still have the ability to maintain my composure and not be emotionally, physically, or even spiritually reactive to what's been done to me. See, the ultimate part of our character is forgiveness. It was who Jesus was. His character was defined, his personality was defined by the role of forgiveness that he came to be. Who do you have to forgive today? 
who do you have to let go? It doesn't mean that you won't take legal actions because it is sometimes we do have to take things. There are reason for laws and they are to protect us. But don't in those battles and those struggles, let it affect who you are. Don't get down and wallow in the mud with somebody. Today's the day we begin to, as a church, as as good people, as people who have had the ultimate of character demonstrated for us. And if we're going to be Christians and call ourselves Christ-like, then we have to pursue that. It has to be bigger than any position, title, group. It has to be bigger than any physical attribute or feature. It has to be bigger than any mental breakdown or mental moment. Let's get better together. Let's strive for consistency. And let's open ourselves to other people who are in that same space that can hold us accountable. If you don't have people like that in your life, I I would assure you that you need them. Relationship is key in opening our eyes and helping us see this space. Thank you for sharing this moment with me today. I hope this has helped you. I hope this helps you in all walks of life, your family, your business, your church. Let's be consistent in our character. Look forward to next week, hanging out with you again. God bless and let's go.